Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. Today is the 12th day of Counting of the Omer, and we're going to do that at the end, so stay tuned until the end, and you can count the Omer with us. Welcome. Uh, I'm here in Studio A with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Shalom Aleichem. And I have to say, you know, Beit Tehillah, we just have a beautiful everything, right? Our congregation is amazing. This building is amazing. This studio that we have here, amazing. Oh, multi-purpose as well. That's right. That's it. it is <laughs> little... You have to be a member of Beit Tehillah to understand the jokes about the studio and Studio A and all that. So maybe one day if you guys get to visit, those of you that are listening, uh, you'll get to understand our, our, our studio jokes. But uh, a couple things. I want to first welcome all of you first-time uh, listeners. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate newcomers. And then all of you guys that have been listening, I'll tell you what. Last week, I asked for reviews on iTunes. And guess what? We got a review on iTunes. And so this is from TN Birder was the uh, the name, I guess the I, iCloud name. And it says, Finding the Messiah in the Old Testament. Five stars for the podcast. And here's what it says. I have learned so much from Beit Tehillah, the Beit Tehillah podcast over the past few months. No longer do I see the Old Testament as irrelevant and the New Testament as the only applicable book of our day. Now I read a complete Bible that is 100% relevant from start to finish, partly thanks to Beit Tehillah's enlightening view of the scripture. Wow. Thank you so much for that review. Let me give you guys uh, some instructions. I remember last week I, I was a little confused as to how to do the review thing because it's, it's, it's kind of hidden on iTunes. But let me go ahead and tell you guys that you can pause it right now. You can go and find the review thing and you can come back to the podcast when you're done. And a review that has five stars. If you're not going to give it five stars, then eh. we're going for five. Yeah, stars. we're going for five stars. So, uh, it, but you can also leave like a message on there to us, uh, specifically about like kind of what, you know, you think of the podcast and, and give somebody some insight into why you love it or why you listen to it as well. And so what you do is you back out, uh, on your podcast app, you search bait to you find the podcast page, and this is the podcast page that has the logo with a little coffee in the corner. Uh, and then it has uh, a list of all of our podcasts, uh, not like a podcast specific page, but just the or not a, a one episode, but the whole list of podcasts. On there, kind of around the middle, there's three little tabs. One of them says reviews. Go to reviews, scroll down, and put leave a review. Give it five stars, and uh, and leave a message there. That'll help us out in getting the word out to other folks, uh, so that you guys are listening. We'll have more folks listening. And guess what? Because of you guys, April 2019 was our biggest month ever in the history of the podcast. Yes, our second podcast season. Yep, so season two. Season month, two is looking good. Month of April, uh, the biggest month of, uh, ever with 1,232 listens. So that, I think that's awesome. We're steadily growing um, you know, to, to a lot of listeners every month, and so we're really grateful for that. Uh, we had the U.S. being our number one market, but guess what? We're international, baby. Canada, Norway, France, and even the ancestral homeland of Pastor That's Nick right, Plummer. The, old chap. the UK is the old also chap. listening. So uh, 
man, just cool stuff going on with the podcast, guys. Having our biggest month ever really encourages us, makes us want to you know, spend more time on the content that we're going to put together for you guys and really put something uh, together that's going to be enlightening, that's going to be helpful, um, and that's you know, going to be led by the Holy Spirit. So, so we appreciate you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for your giving online. Uh, oh, by the way, you guys can give online and support us. And, and don't forget that if you are a podcast listener and not a member of Bait to Heal here locally, uh, we do appreciate if you put podcast in the memo section whenever you do leave a donation. That way we can kind of track how much of it's coming from uh, the podcast. So today, without further ado, we are studying the Torah portion, Kedashim, which is uh, holy people. This can be found in the book of Leviticus, chapter 19 and verse 1 through chapter 20 and verse 27. Wow, how exciting is this, Ryan? We've actually crossed over because, once again, in the book of Leviticus, it's broken up into two parts or two sections. Chapters 1 to 17 is the way to God. Chapters 18 to 27 is the walk with God. And, of course, this particular book opens with consecration and ends in consecration. Uh, The theme is, you shall be holy. So we're going to be going on a journey here. Just want to encourage all of you, you know, uh, and if you want to write this down, uh, if you're not driving or whatever, but just food for thought, um, remember, you know, whatever you speak comes towards you. Whatever you hear, you repeat. And of course, whatever you write down comes to pass. Just think about those laws, okay? And uh, I know we got to be realistic, realistic and all that, but but just think about it. So we are... Uh, we're just we're just basically two Christians uh, giving a podcast, you know, uh, to encourage. I believe that the church today, and uh, we just want you to know that uh, exciting things are happening. Uh, we believe the Hebrews of the Christian faith is not a move of God, but the move of God. And at some point, it's it's been hijacked to some degree. But we're trying to right the ship, you know, because we know the first century church model is is really exciting and fun and so as two non-jews being grafted in to the commonwealth of israel ephesians 2 or even in romans we're, we're the wild branches you know we could tell you the stories of how we got here and you would say you guys are definitely wild but you know god's really put all you listeners on my heart to the point of i want to encourage you that this message is not about ryan and nick or Nick and Ryan, uh, this message is, is about your future, your inheritance with the Lord, because the scriptures have already been foretold that you would come, that you would have the Torah written on your mind and your heart. Now, what do we do with it? Notice the two places it goes, your mind and your heart. Uh, your mind is the knowledge of it, the application of it, but the heart of it is your empathy and your compassion. And just remember this, those of you that are listening, never punish people for what they don't know. So we want this podcast to be exciting for you, to be relevant, like smoke's coming off it, like a, like a fresh loaf of bread. You know what I mean? And that's what we want this to be for you. Because we turn on the AM radio, we turn on FM radio in the car, and it's the same old, same old, you know? And it's not inspiring, it's not encouraging. For the most part, a lot of it is, is pretty degrading and Lashana Ra and slander. So we want you to have a podcast that's going to inspire you and encourage you because you're good enough, God loves you, you're his child. And this is an opportunity. 
Think of your life as an opportunity, you know, every day, even listening to this podcast and all the things that God is asking you to do or that you get to do, it's an opportunity. Sometimes it can be tough. Sometimes you might have some circumstances, but I just want to encourage you with this podcast that continuing on here, you know, we want to encourage you in this. So we're going to get right on into Kedeshim, uh, Laws of Holiness and Justice, and uh, Ryan's going to read Leviticus chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Once again, we are we are walking with God in this in these portions. That's right, and it says here in uh, chapter 19 and verse 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Ye shall fear every man his mother and his father, and keep my Sabbaths. I am the Lord your God. Turn ye not unto idols, nor make to yourselves molten gods. I am the Lord your God. And if ye offer a sacrifice of peace offerings unto the Lord, ye shall offer it at your own will. It shall be eaten the same day ye offer it, and on the morrow. And if aught remain until the third day, it shall be burnt in the fire. And if it be eaten at all on the third day, it is abominable. It shall not be accepted. Therefore, every one that eateth it shall bear his iniquity, because he hath profaned the hallowed thing of the Lord, and the soul, then that soul shall be cut off from among his people. And when you reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not wholly reap the corners of thy field, neither shalt thou gather the gleanings of thy harvest, and thou shalt not glean... Thy vineyard, neither shalt thou gather every grape of thy vineyard. Thou shalt leave them for the poor and stranger. I am the Lord your God. Oh, wow. Now here we go. Once again, we made this transition. Uh, just reflecting a little bit, you know, in chapter 18, uh, these are actually secret sins that are done, like incest and and uncovering people's nakedness and all these things, you know, uh, this is done behind closed doors and secret. And so the biggest thing I want to say to all of you is that deal with your secret sins. Just call them out, just renounce them and get some help, get counseling, share it with somebody, whatever you want to do, accountability or whatever you got to do. Uh, if cables, your downfall, get rid of cable, whatever you got to do to get rid of that secret sin, expose it for what it is and then get back up on that horse and ride away, you know. Uh, you can you can always fall forward and fail forward, but but though a righteous man falls seven times, he can still get up. And, and I believe that this is a word from the Lord, and this is not being judgmental or calling anybody out. I'm just saying that in the courts of heaven, you know, what is the evidence that's being presented against you? You know, because Satan is like an attorney, you know, and he knows how to be legalistic. He knows how to do things, and he knows he can't break spiritual law. So when he's making charges against us, you know, we have to be able to say that, hey, we're working on it, or we've asked for forgiveness, or we've been delivered of that. And then he has no case against us. Because once again, our Heavenly Father is a righteous judge, okay? And Yeshua is our advocate. You know, he's our propitiation. He's our attorney. And uh, when he he says to us, hey, uh, Father, I, I he's covered in my blood. And, uh, and he's asked for forgiveness. And he's working on it. You know, the case will be dismissed. Amen. So I want to encourage you guys in that realm because it says that he accuses us day and night. It doesn't sound very good for us anyway, but he, he is relentless. And, you know, the devil doesn't sleep either. So I'm only bringing this to your mind because I think this is a word for some of you. You got some secret sins. You're just trying to deal with them. I want to encourage you that you can be delivered. You can be healed and expose it and then just get back up on that horse and keep riding once again. And, and, I, and I know that some of you are wondering, you know, why is my life not the way it could be? It's, it's because of that, you know, but once you address it and start getting help and he'll lead you, 
the, the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. And so we're all in this together. It's about the bride preparing herself. Amen. It's about uh, encouraging one another, coaching one another, because that's what it's all about. It's not about beating yourself up. It's about totally being free from those things. So we have laws of holiness and justice that makes perfect sense, you know, especially in the times in which we live. Justice is a big part of the Torah. And so we look at this question right out of the gate. So why did the Lord want the children of Israel uh, to be holy? Why does God want us to be holy, Ryan? He says, for I, Yahweh, Elohim, am Kadosh. He says, I, for I am holy. See, he's holy. Now that's incredible. We not only believe in God, but we believe that he's a holy God. And that's why Christians get such a bad rap that we're, you know, we're judgmental or we're this or we're that or, you know, uh, but, but the bottom line is that we serve a holy God, a righteous God. Uh, it goes on to say, of course, in Leviticus 19.3, you know, you shall fear your mother and father. That means to give them reverence, to give them reverence. You know, there's actually a prophecy in the Bible, I think, I don't know the exact address, but it says women and children will rule over you. And that's a breakup of divine order. See, and, and I'm not some male chauvinist pig sharing this podcast. I'm just telling you, when you break down divine order, it breaks down everything. And, and I want to just say to those of you that are female that are listening, uh, wife, mother, whatever, you know, you were never meant to carry the man's role. You were meant to be a mother. Uh, the father was never meant to carry the mother's role. That's the mother's role. So when there's a single spouse, you know, you know, you have to understand that. Uh, you do the responsibilities God gave you as a male or female, husband or wife, father or mother. Don't try to carry somebody else's, um, you know, I would say identity. Okay. Uh, why am I sharing this? It's because our culture is broken and we need to fix it. We need to fix it. We need to fix it quick. Uh, you know, and that's why the second Adam came, you know, the gentlemen, uh, need to look to Christ. And then of course the wife can look to the husband. Kids can look to the parents. But once again, you know, uh, even Paul said, as I follow Christ, follow me. And so when the man goes astray, it breaks up the divine order. When the man is the priest of his home and he's doing the spiritual exercises, it is a beautiful thing. And it does work. It's not perfect, but it works. And uh, even my wife and I are even working on that even as we speak. So here we have God asking us to be holy. We got to fear your mom and dad, you know, give them reverence. Uh, at my, in my house, it's yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. Those kind of responses. Sometimes we have to remind them. Uh, it's old school, but that's what I like. And then, of course, you know, it's going to go into uh, keep the Lord's Sabbaths. You know, here he is now. He's now he's getting into the days. So notice that little play on the uh, commandments there. Hey, you know, God's holy. He wants you to be holy. Hey, you know, uh, respect your mom and dad. Oh, and by the way, keep the Lord's Sabbaths. And, and who does the Sabbath belong to? The Lord. The Lord. So, right. so think about that. Uh, then, of course, we go into, hey, do not make or have idols. Leviticus 19.4 which is very interesting. You know, when you break down divine order, you break down certain things, boy, you end up going south really quick. Paul actually references some of these things as shipwrecked faith. You know, uh, who beguiled you? You know, who tricked you? You know, how did you, how did you lose, you know, track of your walk? You know, and, and it happens to all of us. Um, so as you, if you get these things in line, this is kind of interesting because I know uh, uh, in Leviticus um, 19, five through eight, we have the peace offering. Uh, given of that person's own free will. Uh, I mean, if we just put these things together, Ryan, we see a pattern. 
So let's say divine order is broken. We should probably fix that first. Oh, yeah. Let's look at God. Okay, is, is, is God holy? Okay, am I trying to be holy? Check. Okay, am I honoring my parents? Check. Check the box off. Hey, what about the Sabbath? Am I doing good on the Sabbath, Friday night to Saturday night? Am I really setting that day apart? And is it sanctified, you know? Check. Okay, uh, as far as the idols, you know, what am I giving my strength to? What am I drawing my strength from as far as idols? And we go, we check that box. Well, guess what? Peace offerings are not mandatory. They're voluntary. And it's of your own free will. And of course, the peace offering had to be eaten on the first or second day. It was abominable to eat it on the third day and had to be burnt in the fire. Anyone eating it on the third day would be cut off from among his people. Mm. Now, once again, we're getting into the ceremonial part of the law. And we say, well, I'm not under the law. I'm not. Let me tell you what the ceremonial part of the law does for you, everyone. In the principle of it, behind it, it allows you to slow down to think. Slow down and think. Matter of fact, my dad always even told me, you know, son, before you do something, think about the consequences. So this particular offering is voluntary, and, and I would liken it to something really cool because if the burnt offering is totally consumed, uh, that's you giving of yourself wholly. And then the meat offering or meal offering would be your servitude that you want to serve now. You're, you've given of your life, now you want to serve you know, and uh, I know that, uh, you know, my, my wife and I had a, had a praise report and had some really cool stuff happen. We were able to bless some other people because of it. And I, and I called it a peace offering. You know, we're, we're even back in our house and we want to have a little party for the leadership or whatever. But the, the bottom line is that that's our peace offering to say, hey, you know, we're so thankful that God got us back in our home and we're so grateful and all of that. Uh, but once again, this peace offering is, is really cool. Uh, the last two offerings are mandatory sin and trespass, okay? So this is just all played out throughout Leviticus. You must understand this sacrificial system. So once you do all of that, now all of a sudden we're going into uh, the corners of the field. And, and, and what do you have with that, Ryan, in Leviticus 19.9? Uh, can you read that? Uh, yeah, Leviticus 19.9 again. Uh, oops, yep, right here. Hang on. says, uh, And when you reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not wholly reap the corners of thy field, neither shalt thou gather the gleanings of thy harvest. And then verse 10, And thou shalt not glean thy vineyard, neither shalt thou gather every grape of thy vineyard. Thou shalt leave them for the poor and the stranger. I am the Lord your God. You know what's amazing about our culture today, Ryan, even, even coming from a government of a nation, uh, it's interesting that socialism is like just it's knocking at the door, you know, in America. Uh, it's 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 found to be faulty, but but you know, God is not a socialist, everyone. Uh, and it's funny how they try to pigeonhole or stereotype or put a stigma on nationalism. You know, why am I bringing this up? Because the poor you'll always have. Even Yeshua said that. So basically, the Torah shares three classes of people. There is upper class, middle class, and the, and the poor, you know, and so you'll always have that. You know, it's interesting because if you're upper class, you can do a bull. Middle class are like lambs, goats. And then, of course, the, the, the poor would be like uh, f birds or flower, mm -hmm. you know. So, so once again, we can even see this being played out as far as classes of people, even in the Torah. You know, and so uh, I would say even in America to this point, if, if you wanted to be a millionaire, 
I believe the opportunity is there for you. I think you could be a millionaire uh, through, through uh, you know, your so own So you're means. telling me there's a chance. There is a chance. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying this to everyone that, you know, some people get their rewards in this life. Yeah. Well, and you know, I want mine in the next life, you know. Well, what's funny, and to your point about nationalism, is that I think the, the lie, again, because there's always an assumption out there that people are being told. So people are being told something. And that's incorrect, and that's why they're they're leery of it. So if there's a biblical principle that I can apply to to any part of life that that should be followed and that is good and righteous and wholesome, and then somebody else comes around and says, "Hey, that good thing that God said is good is evil," then we know that there's there's some sort of a lie, especially if it sounds like, "Oh, wow, they're right," right? Because sometimes these things sound, uh, you know, they're they're alluring, right? These 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 doctrines or these ideas, um, and I think what we hear about nationalism specifically is that. Hitler was a nationalist, right? Because the Nazis means national socialist. But he turned into an imperialist. But he ended up turning into an imperialist. Exactly yeah. right. So what he said is he said, hey, you know what? I'm a socialist, meaning the government's in charge, who so becomes a dictator, right? Not really a nationalist when you're lording it over your own people and killing them. Uh, doesn't sound very very nationalistic to me. And then starts to try to spread, meaning imperialistic. So he wasn't truly uh, a nationalist in the sense of the word that people are, are are normally using it. A nationalist is somebody that loves their country, that believes in their culture. Uh, God is a nationalist. He talks about the nations all the time, specifically the nation of Israel. And so uh, God gave Israel borders. That means there's the rest of the world, and it's not just some generic name for the rest of the world, right? Those are the nations, meaning there's different nations with borders. Israel has its land. Israel has its borders. The rest of the world is also... And of course, today is Holocaust Memorial Day, everyone. So just keep that in mind, okay? And uh, with all the anti-Semitism, the Torah will snap you out of that in a hurry. You know, um, as we we begin to look at this particular instruction in Leviticus 19, uh, verses 9 and 10, uh, somebody comes to mind, it's Ruth. Right. It is Ruth. And so, you know, Ryan gets to do all the reading. So I, I'd like to do a little reading. Man, I had already turned How the page and everything. How many of you listening to this podcast would love to hear Pastor Nick read a few scriptures Oh, to you, you go ahead. You know, I love stories. And so here we have the book of Ruth. Uh, and, and by the way, in the agricultural calendar, this is relevant because uh, March and April begin the barley harvest. Okay, barley comes up first. Um, actually the wheat and the barley are, are sowed or they're planted in October, November barley comes up first. And then you'll notice even in Egypt, when the plague hit, uh, the barley was, you know, destroyed, but the wheat wasn't because it hadn't come up yet. So that's a good picture of when, uh, the first Exodus took place, uh, in Egypt would be probably April or May. Uh, now we're going into the wheat harvest, Ryan, with May and June. So let's check out Ruth chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Let's look at Ruth. You know, uh, she was a gleaner, and I, and I also believe she was a reaper as well, uh, but that's beside the point. So let's, let's check out Ruth chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him, in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. Wow. This is interesting. So the kinsman redeemer is going to be kicking in here. So Ruth wants to do something for Naomi, who's from the house of Judah. She goes back to, to of course, uh, Bethlehem. Check this out. In verse 3, And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. 
And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. And she said, I pray you, let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and hath continued even from the morning until now, that she tarried a little in the house. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? And when thou art athirst, go unto the vessels, and drink of that which the young men have drawn. Then she fell on her face, and bowed herself to the ground, and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes, that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? And Boaz answered and said unto her, It hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband, and how thou hast left thy father and thy mother in the land of thy nativity, and art come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. Wow, what an incredible story. You know, this is a story of all of us as non-Jews clinging to, to Naomi, the Jewish people in Israel. Yeah. Hey, your God's my God. Your people are my people. You know, we want to be with you. We want you to be with us. And, 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 and even though uh, it's a difference of Judaism and Christianity, God's doing something, everyone. He's, he's just really, really doing this. And you know, the kinsman redeemer, Boaz, is right. In this case, the kinsman redeemer for us is Yeshua. That's right. And, and we're his what? Bride. And and Ruth is Boaz's... That's right. I mean, come on. The kinsman redeemer is kicking it, everyone. Could it be any now, more Now, we bring obvious? this up because on, on the day of Shavuot, it's customary to read the book of Ruth. Ah. You know? Aha. And, uh, and, so, and so think about that. So so once again, I mean, what an incredible story of, of Ruth. You know, her tenacity, her her just... I love that, her passion, her purpose. What, a, what an awesome woman of God. And once again, she was a Moabite. And uh, we won't hold that against her. And her, her. whole—I think her whole status changed. I mean, to be honest with you, because she's in the line of Yeshua. Yeah, you know. So let's move on to uh, some interesting things as well. It's, it's not okay to defraud your neighbors. Wait, wait. I thought so. If the Torah is done away with, then we can defraud our neighbors, right? That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're not going to defraud our neighbors. No. Uh, who's a neighbor? Those that are near us. Okay. So just think about it. Uh, you are to judge your neighbor in righteousness, right? Huh. Don't cheat your neighbor. Don't defraud them. Don't cheat them. You know. Yeah. Uh, very interesting how this is all playing out now because God cares about our neighbors. He cares about our personal life, property lines, our property, uh, everything. You know. Uh, and of course, we have in Leviticus nineteen sixteen. Uh, it makes it very clear, and I know the culture is not going to want to hear this commandment. Thou shalt not go up and down as a talebearer among thy people. Mm. God hates slander and gossip. You know, have you ever repeated something and found out it wasn't true? Hmm. It's called fake news. Let's hear it, Trump. Fake news. Thank you, Mr. Trump. Uh, I'll be here all week. 
You know, and so what can we believe? Who can we believe? You know, I guess there was a newspaper. I don't know which one exactly, but they're just guilty of anti-Semitism. Oh, they had yeah. a cartoon. No, it's, it's the New York Times. Yeah, but we won't get into all that right oh, now. Fine. But but anyway, yeah, it's it's, it's just wrong. It's bad. They you did know, another one. God forbid if they did anything against the Muslims. Ooh. I mean, reverse that. Yeah. You know, what if Trump, you know, was on the other end of the leash and the Muslim was the dog? Oh, yeah. There, there would be none of that. You know, this is anti-Semitism, folks. I'm telling you right now. Plain and simple. And there's a dividing line. Now, this is very interesting. You know, uh, even in, I do believe, Matthew 24, 10. Uh, Yeshua makes it very clear. Uh, many, 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 Ryan say many, many will be offended, betray, and hate. So what we do with the offense will dictate our future. That's right. The, the offense will end in hate. You know, matter of fact, to, to be offended, betray, and hate, that word betray is the same one as Judas. It's the one that's closest to you can hurt you the most. So we have to be careful what we're saying, what we're doing, what we're repeating. So don't be a talebearer. And then actually don't hate your brother in your heart. Don't avenge or hold a grudge against your brother, you know. Um, just interesting, you know. Th- these things play out on even uh, reality shows. It is interesting. Uh, with sibling rivalry and different things, you know. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think the latest episode of Deadliest Catch: two brothers are going at it, but they're really brothers, right? You know, they're not like they're like blood brothers, you know. Yeah. And they're just kind of going at it, and, and I'm not sure how it's going to resolve, but I'm, I'm really praying for them, you know. When you see stuff like that going on. <laughs> I am. I'm really praying for him because it's important, <laughs> yeah, it is. you know, and I'm not giving any names or anything. I'm just letting you know that it's, it's interesting. I mean, it's reality. It is. Quote unquote. It TV, is. It is. Right? I mean, you know, I, I don't, I don't think it's, I think it's, it's drama that can draw listeners, but I think it's real stuff. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and I'll tell you, there's two things, Ryan, that are so important in our life. And I, I always have to go back to this, even in my own circumstances. Number one, you need to know that God loves you. Right. You know, I mean, God is love. You know, and I know we get pity parties and we have circumstances and we get, you know, have psychological warfare and all this crazy stuff going on, but man, God loves us, you know, and sometimes we just have to say it, you know, God loves me, you know, he's already proven his love and, and he doesn't muster up love people. He is love, right? He, he oozes love. And, and number two, if you're listening to this, you need to know that. And number two, and I'm just sharing almost 52 years of experience in, in this world. Uh, number two, forgive those two things. Know God's love and forgive those that have wronged you. And, and have it come out of your mouth, you know, that you forgive this person, you forgive this person. It doesn't mean that you have to hang around with them or trust them, but you have to be released for them. You know, think of unforgiveness as a dead body strapped to you. Oh. And you're walking and eventually the rot gets on you. Yeah, it starts to stink. And guess what? The one that you haven't forgiven doesn't even care whether you've forgiven them or not. They're yeah. not even thinking about that. It's dwelling all within your own being. Now, this is all relevant. In case you haven't noticed, we started off, Ryan, with God is holy. Yeah. He wants us to be holy. Oh, right. Respect your parents. Oh, yeah. Right? All these things going down the line. Keep the Shabbat. Don't have idols. Think about the poor. Now, all of a sudden, God's scope is going outward to the world. Instead of being selfish and self-centered, now all of a sudden you're impacting the world. Even the barista at the coffee shop, yeah, you affect them. I mean, you you affect everyone around you, and and you build a reputation, and they know you. And that's the cool thing because that's what we're supposed to do. So once again, don't be a talebearer. Don't hate your brother in your heart, and don't avenge or hold a grudge against your brother. You know, yeah. it's funny that, you know, when uh when I when I actually worked at the box plant, 
I had another employee tell me, another worker was working with me. And he said, if I, if I ever see that guy, he's talking about the boss. I'm going to run him over. If I ever see him on the side of the road, I'm going to run him over. Oh I go, I'm serious. I'm like, are you serious? Don't be speaking that. That's terrible. He goes, no, man, I'm taking them out. You know, and, and, and you think, well, maybe they're kidding. Maybe they're not serious. But remember, whatever people speak, they will do. Oh, yeah. Look at the threats of, of, of that Iran is giving to Israel. These are real threats. Even if, even if your neighbor, if he threatens you or somebody threatens you, take that threat seriously. You might have to report it. I don't know. But but this is not something to be playing around with uh, when you start thinking about this. And then why don't you read Leviticus 19, 18? I love how God is just so into our relationships. Check I'm, this out. I'm glad you gave me a little segue in here. Um, I mean, this is so good. No, it is. It is. It's really... This is like Dr. Phil. Yeah, no. This is what this turned into. This feels so good. <laughs> So, um, man, sometimes you throw me off and I just, you know, forget what I was thinking about. So, uh, it says, don't hate your brother in your heart. Don't avenge or hold a grudge, uh, against your brother. You know, Pastor Nick's over here kind of giving you guys a a little idea, you know, about God loves you. You're good enough. All of these things. Uh, and, and it's cool because we're right here in the middle of Leviticus. And I think a lot of people, uh, use Leviticus as a whole to kind of dismiss the Torah as a whole, right? To say, Hey, listen, you know, this is, is not relevant obviously because, Hey, you know, when we drop down to verse 19, which we're not there yet, we talk about the mingling of seed and then, uh, also about, you know, the mingling of, of different kinds of fabric together. And so people take these things that we're supposed to assume are trivial or silly. Um, and because, and, and because the average person throws those away, they use these again to throw away the baby with the bathwater. And so, uh, verse 19, 18 says this, here's what it says. It says, thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord thy God. So have you guys ever heard love your neighbor as yourself before? Wow. I mean, I think you have, right? That is awesome. Yeah, no. So this is this is the second commandment that Jesus gives and says, "Hey, the second is like it. Love thy neighbor as thyself." It's a quote directly from Leviticus. And hey, when we get through the beatitudes and and he's saying, "Hey, if you you've heard it said don't commit murder, but if you hate your brother in your heart, you've already committed murder." Here it is. Don't hate your brother in your heart. I mean, these things are directly out of the Torah. Jesus is teaching directly out of the Torah uh, all of these times. So then my question to the to the audience is does that mean that anything in the Torah is irrelevant? If, if Jesus is pulling all his points and principles uh, and commands straight out of the Torah, shouldn't we be doing that same thing as followers of him? Here's another thing, right? So we get down to, to verse 19, and here's what verse 19 says. Because, again, the, the, the weightiest commandment, uh, or the second weightiest commandment, we should say, in all of the Torah is right here in verse 18. And the next verse is the verse that everybody uses to throw away the whole Torah. And here's what it says. It says, You shall keep my statutes. Thou shalt not let thy cattle gender with a diverse kind. Thou shalt not sow thy field with mingled seed. Neither shall a garment mingle uh, be mingled uh, of linen and woolen come upon thee. So, in other words, God is talking about the principle of mingling things together, not mingling seed. So if you sow a field of wheat... Don't put tears in it, right? I mean, there's some obvious things in here that we can talk about um, and, and, and get into specifics, but this is a spiritual concept that he's giving a physical manifestation for. And as always, my, 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 my last thought on anything that you don't understand about the Bible is just do what God said because he said so. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting because if you think about it, could you mingle seed when sowing your fields? The answer is no. Uh, could a garment be worn that was mingled with linen and wool? 
The answer is no. You know, they've proven that, you know, wool and linen allow your skin to breathe. But when you start wearing like polyester and mixed fabrics, uh, it actually changes the chemistry of your body. It actually changes the, uh, you know, what do you want to call it? The meridians or the, uh, the energy coming from your body or the points of your body or, or the temperature of your body. I don't know all anything about that. I just know in the seventies they wore polyester suits. Oh yeah. So and, once again, that's where it went south. And they didn't know if they were actually like if it was like a steam bag that they were wearing, and that's the reason it changed their thing, or if it was the actual. We're not going to go there. I'm just saying, you know. You know, I mean, it, it, it's like the, the term synchronicity. It's truth with some lies, you uh, know. And and we need to understand. There's a word the, for that. The, the truth. Cool. Yeah. The truth. Yeah. So you know that this is the whole point, everyone. This thing's building. It's so incredible that you fix one little thing in your life. It, it, the repercussions could be immense. Well, and to like this divine end, right? order. If you fix divine order in your That's marriage, right. man, you fix so many things. Yeah. It's like, man, all I did was look to Christ and my family got healed. You know, yeah. my, my family got put back together. Here's one. Wow, just the man looks to Christ. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, and to this end, right, one last little point on this is that, you know, if you honor God with these little commandments, God will honor you. Uh, there's no way that you're going to say, hey, Lord... Uh, I'm giving you my heart, and I'm going to do these things that you've asked me to do, that he's not going to bless that. There just isn't. And you know what's really cool about studying and everything? You know, invite the Holy Spirit into your study. Ask God, God, what's the deal with this with this linen and wool thing, you know, just begin to research it, you know, look it over, you know, the Jewish people have been studying the Torah for thousands of years, man. L- listen, look at some of their commentaries. What's their perspective on yeah. it? It'll open up your eyes. Let me give you a little plug for Aleph Beta. Yeah, Aleph Beta, I guess it's A-L-E-P-H-B-E-T-A. It's a uh, Jewish Orthodox website that teaches Torah in little 10-minute cartoons. And I'll tell you what, man, I've learned a lot about a different perspective, a paradigm. You know you know what a paradigm is. It's how you look at things. It's a viewpoint, a perspective, a paradigm. And, and, and a lot of us know what it's like to be single. We have a paradigm of being single. But what happens when we get married? Wow, now I'm a spouse. I'm a husband. Man, my paradigm has changed. Now I know what, what, a, what a spouse is like, a husband is like. I'm a husband. And then all of a sudden, then you have kids. Like, man, I was single. I'm married. Now I have children. And here's my paradigm now. You can really relate and, and I think, thank you, Holy Spirit, I'm going there. I'm going there. You go there. I'm going there. I don't there. know where you're going, but you go. I am going there. I'm telling you, I can <laughs> feel it. I can feel it. And then you have children. Boy, what another paradigm, you know? You're like, wow, I was single. Now I'm married. Now I got kids. Wow, what a paradigm. And, and then, and then and God turns into a grumpy old man? Is no, that how that no, works? no, 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 no. That's a midlife crisis. That doesn't count. No, but what I'm saying to all of you listening, and, and I'm a pastor. I know what it's like to be a sheep. And I know what it's like to be a shepherd. Mm. It's a paradigm. Yeah. You know, and, and so with that, as Jewish people are coming into our life, as we are, you know, Christians with Torah, we, we can we can actually recognize the paradigm is shifting. It, it's very interesting, you know. And things take time. And I love this, especially when the children of Israel uh, were to go into the land and plant all manner of fruit trees. The first three years, they were considered uncircumcised. Once again, they would plant these trees. And here's the process. Well, in the fifth year, you could eat of the fruit trees you planted. Mm. So we, we actually celebrated our five years in the new sanctuary last fall. And we skipped the fourth and, year, by the way, there, which is that you give it away to the Lord. Very good. Right. That's good. That's good. The fourth year, you give it away to the Lord. So I'm just saying to all of you that things take time. So, you know, so, so we're seeing this uh, actually being played out. So we've, we've learned all of this this far. 
And, and now, of course, the Lord is going to speak against uh, the use of enchantment or, or divination. He's going to speak against enchantment or divination. We would call this the occult factor. The occult in and of itself means hidden, the occultation, the, the occult. And, and we know that the, it's the Holy Spirit uh, versus the occult. I'm pretty sure that teaching is probably on our YouTube channel. If you can find it, scroll down and look for it. But the Holy Spirit versus the occult is, is a very, very... Uh, important factor to to play in right now. And why is that? Because because, we're set apart for him. The whole purpose of this Torah portion is you should be holy. Why? Right. Because he is holy. You know who goes into divination in the occult? Those that don't want atonement. They want to be a god. Or they want to divide. Because they, remember they want now, to tone themselves. When, when, you, when you go into the occult, you're basically saying, I'm a god, right. and I don't need atonement. That's exactly right. It, there's no atonement in the occult. It's also the eating Now, they the do sacrifice of, yeah. children, and there's bloodshed, and don't get me wrong on that. You know, October 31st is the most wicked day out of the calendar year for, for the occult. But what I'm saying to all of you is the simple fact that we want the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And what's the Holy Spirit going to do? Jesus says the Holy Spirit's going to do three things. And this is based out of the Gospel of John. If you want to know if you have the Holy Spirit... He's going to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Got it. Because the ruler of this world has been judged, been been put on notice, okay? So once again, we're, we're moving on here. And then he goes on to talk about the Lord uh, forbid the cutting of the flesh for the dead. You know, the Lord forbid the cutting of the flesh for the dead. You know that there are people that uh, get a spirit and, and they have a wrong spirit. and They start cutting themselves, teenagers. Uh, and of course, the printing of tattoos or of marks as well on your body. Now, for those of you that have tattoos, we're not here to judge you, condemn you. We're just telling you what the word says. You know, what's interesting about this whole thing about uh, the cutting of the flesh for the dead, you know, uh, they say the suicide rate has gone up in our youth. Oh, uh, and man. it's based on, on our culture. But it's not only that, but it's actually some of the programs that are on the air yeah. uh, about that. The, and the that culture doesn't matter. have anything to offer them. I mean, honestly. No, it doesn't. So think about it. So if you don't have a right spirit, you're going to make these decisions. You're going to do things, right? Because right. why, why am I sharing that? Because that's in Leviticus 19.28. No cutting of the flesh for the dead and the printing of tattoos or marks as well. Uh, it goes on to talk about the Lord forbids anyone having familiar spirits or seeking after wizards. Okay, there's no such thing as a good witch. Uh, a male witch is a warlock. Mm. But here we have, of course, you know, uh, we, we have this in our culture everywhere, magic wands and different things going on. But once again, a familiar spirit is not the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, they, they say that when we're born, these, these spirits are handed down from generation to generation. And you have to find out what they are and break that curse break those spirits through the Holy Spirit. You know, yeah. it could be a familiar spirit that is, is lust. It could be drugs and alcohol. Uh, it could actually be lying. I know there was a, there was a curse of lying that was running through a family and we, we, through the counseling and talking, we, we exposed it. And I thought that was really cool. Uh, but once again, this is what we're up against everyone. And, and when we repent, when we cry out to God, he, he, he shields us. He puts us in the Goshen bubble for those of us that are grafted in as well. You know, he protects us. And then we're here to help our families and to reverse the curse, you know, um, and as we get back on track here with divine order, uh, the Lord required those to rise up before the hoary head or the gray headed and honor the face of the old man, Leviticus 19.32. You know, pay more attention to them. That's what we're trying to you do You think here as you get Tehillah. older, you appreciate verses like that more? You know, we need to respect our elders. You know, if it wasn't for our elders, I don't think we would be fully functioning, you know. Um, and so once again, uh, it's all about being relational. In Leviticus 19, verses 33 and 34, 
uh, Ryan's going to be reading this in reference to strangers. So you have yourself, your immediate family, your congregation, your community, whatever. But now what about the public sector of life? What about this, Ryan? Let's yeah. go ahead and check that out. Here it says, and if a stranger sojourn with thee in your land, you shall not vex him. But the stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one homeborn or as one born among you. And thou shalt love him as thyself, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Once again, if a stranger sojourn with you, so he comes alongside and he wants to be a part, you know, they, they get grafted in. They get absorbed into, into Israel. Amen. Isn't that the great thing? Yeah. Uh, it goes on to talk about the, the Lord wants just balances and weights. You know, don't be a cheater. Don't cheat. You know? Yeah, you don't want want uh, you know the light set for buying and the heavy set for um, for selling. You know? Right. I mean, yeah. So he wants just balances and weights. Uh, matter of fact, you're not even supposed to charge your brother interest in, in that regard. So that's chapter 19, everyone. We're going to get into uh, Leviticus chapter 20. We're not going to read any more at this point for the sake of time. But uh, if you want to check out verses 1 through 10, these are some penalties for sin. Uh, how many of you know you reap what you sow? Uh, think about the consequences before you do it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the penalties for sin, of course, anyone who gave their seed to Molech would be put to death with stoning, Leviticus 20, verse 2. Uh, this would be symbolic of the uh, abortion that is going on, abortions. Uh, the shedding of innocent blood is referenced as well, uh, or, or killing or murdering, uh, the shedding of innocent blood. So uh, that's what abortion is. Uh, Molech was a god that was heated up like brass, and they, they fed their children through the fire. Imagine a woman carrying a child for nine months only to pass it through the fire dead within seconds you know that that can't be god folks he's the god of the living not of the dead yeah no kidding he wouldn't have you carry something to to, to bring life i mean how are you going to uh carry on the family name or the family if you offer it up to a god that you're serving the wrong god that's all i'm saying now the amazing thing is is that this is what israel was doing believe it or not the god of abraham isaac and jacob the children of israel did these things he said, don't give your children over to Molech, you know. And that's why there's a real battle in the land for the Jews to get their homeland back, for them to build homes and stuff, because there's there's a lot of uh, bureaucracy going on. There's a lot of shenanigans going on. There's just stuff happening that's against Torah, you know. And we know the Israeli government's not religious by no means. They might be Zionists and want the homeland, but I'm telling you, they're not religious. Uh, even even uh, in their Supreme Court, they're having problems with with different things. But but anyway, he goes on to say in Leviticus 20, verse 7, are the children of Israel to sanctify themselves and be holy? Yes. We already heard this in, in the beginning of 19. You know, God wouldn't ask you to be holy unless you could be holy. Amen. And listen, if you're going to be any kind of cheese, Ryan, please be Swiss. Mm. Be Swiss cheese. Because it's holy? Because it's holy. Ba-dum-tsh. Yeah. And now, now check out Leviticus 20, verse 9. It says, for everyone that curseth his father or his mother shall be surely put to death. He hath cursed his father or his mother. His blood shall be upon him. How much disrespect do we see in our youth against their parents? A bunch. I'll tell you what, I'm not going to put up with that. I'm old school. I am old school. Now, now, what comes to mind, Ryan, as we read Leviticus 20, verse 9? We just read this in Leviticus 19. Mm-hmm. Honor your mother and father. Fear your mom and dad, you know. And it goes on to say, if a man commits adultery with another man's wife... They shall both be put to death. Here Yikes. we go. You're breaking up divine order. That's right. You're not respecting your parents. You're not staying with your spouse. Everything's breaking down now all of a sudden. That's right. Uh, it even goes on to say in Leviticus 20 verse 13, I didn't say it. God said it. The Lord forbids homosexuality. 
It's called unnatural love. Remember, two men can't procreate. Two women can't procreate. Nature even teaches us that it's wrong. So just think about it. The Lord forbids homosexuality. Uh, The Lord also forbids incest. Leviticus 20, verse 17. And this is a really interesting one for some of you that don't realize this or even know this, that the Lord forbids intimacy with a woman having her sickness, or we would say her monthly period. And the punishment is to be cut off from among their people. So when your wife is going through her cycle, you got to let her go through her cycle and not be intimate. It's seven days. She's going through a, a, a cycle. Yeah, give it's her a break. It's not degrading. It's not a sin. Yeah. It's just, it's a state of being. And this is where you have to understand that and have temperance. Matter of fact, that's one of the fruits of the spirit, I believe, is temperance. You know, we have 17 works of the flesh, but then we have the fruits of the spirit, which is patience, you know. So you don't want to do that. So the punishment for that, to be with your wife when she's on her period and still having intimacy is, of course, you are... Um, put outside the camp. You're put outside the camp. And yeah. I'll tell you what, that's not a good thing. Yeah. So we can actually see that being played out. Remember, think about it. When, and and when let's, let's note there that the it, punishment, you know? it, it doesn't say that uh, the woman is put outside the camp while on her period, right? I think no, that's, no, we're not that's a it. misnomer. A lot let's of people say that. Let's not get into that. all that. I not mean, for the culture in which we live Fake today. news. We're looking at the principles, Ryan. We're looking at principles here. And listen, when you start doing these things, demons leave your life. You know, nobody lays hands on you. Nobody has to anoint you with oil. When you just start being obedient and changing some things in your life and you learn something and you go, oh, I'm not supposed to be with my wife when she's on her period. Are you saying obedience is wow. better than sacrifice? Yes. And obedience brings the blessing. Wow. And then you, you're not an animal anymore. So what's going to happen now? Leviticus 20, verse 23, Ryan. It says, Check and you shall not walk in the manners of the nations which I cast out before you, for they committed all these things, and therefore I abhorred them. Wow. And you shall not walk in the manners of the nation, which I cast out before you, for they committed all these things, and therefore I abhorred them. You know, the, the God is trying to establish, it's not just a Jewish state. He wants a righteous state. He wants people that have his commandments and his Torah. You know, that's what he wants. You know, and that's why he pushes out the enemies, because they're, they're the opposite of God. You know, the Canaanites and all these ites, you know. And so uh, this, is, this is interesting. So... Uh, what two things would the land flow with? Milk and honey. Oh, milk and honey, folks. Ah, we like the milk and the I honey. I tell you, the milk in my coffee and the honey in my tea, because ah, I'm an old chap. I love the chap. Twinnings tea. That's right. P&G <laughs> Tips. Check it out at the store. Go down to the <laughs> ethnic aisle. P&G Tips. It'll give Twinnings a good run for its money. Wow. So anyway, uh, yes, I do have a, a, a book to read about Winston Churchill. I never got to yet. Uh, <laughs> But he's an old chap, too. So milk and honey, that would the land flow with. Very, very important. Amazing. Uh, looking at, uh, let's look at Leviticus 20, 24, Ryan. If you could read that. Leviticus 20, 24. All right, here we go. It says, But I have said unto you, ye shall inherit their land, and I will give it unto you to possess it, a land that floweth with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God, which have separated you from the other people. Wow. Listen up, everybody, as we close this out. The Lord clearly states that he has separated the children of Israel from other people. What does that look like today, Ryan? Uh, Quickly here. What does that look like? I mean, if we're truly separated from God, what does that look like in your own personal life? What are some things that you're doing that you love to do that God has asked you to do? And you're doing it as a family or as a husband, a father, uh, or even as a leader at Beit Tehillah. The first thing that comes to my mind is Beit Tehillah as a whole. 
uh, because the ideologies that bring people to Beit Tehillah is one of separating themselves from the world. Hey, I'm going to believe the Word of God, and whatever the conclusion they've come from, the heart is still the same. I'm going to believe the Word of God and what He says, and I'm going to take action on it, which is something that the, the average you know people in the world just are not doing. And th- that's what I believe. I believe that, and then those people find each other, and they just happen to. And we're not to judge the world. The world is the world. No, and but and, why don't we give to God what is God? And the convictions you have are for you to live them, right? I mean, once when you're in a body of believers, you know, I guess it's 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 okay to have conversations about what's right, what's wrong, you know, what what differences of opinions we may have. But as a whole, this is for us to live, to apply to our own lives, and to do and to be a witness through our life and a light, rather than. And, and, and you know what? what? And the cool thing is, as we continue on, even in these last few verses, the Lord wants us to distinguish between what is clean and unclean. I mean, you know, think about this, right? If God tells you what to eat, what not to eat, why don't we just take Him up on it? Yeah. I mean, they've already proven it scientifically. You know what's going on here, well, and why that. make the choice to be unclean on purpose? Like, but why would <laughs> Yeshua, the Son of God, what? would never come and go against the Father? No, oh, you can not. eat whatever you want and just say it in my name. No, that's that's a given. No, he no. even says that. So it's. I mean, now listen to this. He says separated from other people, Ryan. Yeah. But I thought, wow, I was just thinking about this. Why don't you read Leviticus twenty twenty six as we're we're closing out this this portion? But check that. He said, "I've separated you from the people." Well, check this out. He's going to reiterate something. He's getting out the axe. That's right. He says, "And you shall be holy unto me, for I am the I the Lord am holy, and have severed you from the other people, that ye should be mine." Severed means there's no tendons, no veins, no nothing connected. Ooh. You're his. Yeah. But you enjoy it. And that's the that's the But how many of, of us still have like a, a lifeline? Oh, I know. You know. It's like a it's like we want to be a burnt offering, but our leg is sticking yeah, off yeah, the altar. Just in case. That's why you need a friend to burn throw that leg back up on there. <laughs> um now what's gonna happen? It's kind of interesting because we want to be sanctified and set apart, Ryan, in the culture in which we live. And I'm not gonna be hard on the culture because it is what it is. You know, if we were to go back in time to even the the city of Ephesus, I mean, you would see atrocities. You would see things that you never thought you'd ever see, temple prostitutes and Dionysus and Greek mythology and all this stuff. But, you know, nothing's changed. But I love this part. It says, anyone that had a familiar spirit or who was a wizard would be put to death. So if we're not into the Holy Spirit and being separated and sanctified sanctified and set apart, what's going to happen to us, Ryan? We're going to be dabbling in the occult. We're, we're, we're out there in the world. We're yeah. just wandering around. Once again, the Holy Spirit versus the occult. You know, I do believe that teaching is up on YouTube. You can check it out. We're going to be getting into that because right now we're getting into the counting of the Omer. We're also doing uh, the theme is the power of the Holy Spirit. Ooh. You know, you know, I love that because the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. I can't just open the Bible and says you're going to go to Starbucks today or hey, you're going to go and uh, you're going to catch a cat today. Well, that'd be cool if you could. Although, no, you did, did you go to Starbucks today? I did. Did you did you catch a cat today? I did all that, but I didn't read it in the, <laughs> I didn't read it in the Torah portion. But what I'm saying to you is, we need the Holy Spirit. You know, when when when, yeah. and I'll give you an example, everyone. As we're reading the Torah portions or whatever, I, I I didn't have the details. But Judah approaches Joseph. I thought this is going to play out. I was really inspired and, and encouraged to know that. Years later, here come the Jewish people, the Orthodox Jews, coming to Beit Tehillah to share, and we're building relationships. And they're traveling 6,000 miles to be with Christians, with Torah. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, church is fun, everyone. Church is fun. So that's pretty much all I have in that regard. Um, I know Ryan's a, um, a group leader, a facilitator every Monday night. And what we do is we close out our outline with what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion. Kedeshim are holy people. Leviticus 19, 1 through 20, 
verse 27, from a consensus of the group. That's right. So what two lessons did you learn from this Torah portion, Ryan, that you would like to leave with our beautiful Sons and Daughters of God listeners? Uh, I would say the first one is don't forget the needy. Um, You know, it talks a lot about the stranger, the person in need, your neighbor, um, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, Don't forget the needy. I mean, that's just a basic, basic point. Those of us that have been blessed uh, should remember those uh, that are not as blessed. Um, and then uh, we can summarize uh, this whole tour portion with, I would say, verse 19, 18, because it has a couple different things in it. It talks about relationships, and then it talks about love, and then it talks about uh, God. And it says here, Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. And that brings you back to verse 1. Um, I'm sorry, to verse 2, which is speaking to the congregation of the children of Israel and say to them, you shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Um, you know, holiness is something that we should strive for. Uh, don't overcomplicate it. If, if if there's something that you understand and that God has given you the revelation for and wants you to do, be, do it. So stop overcomplicating it and just do it, because God really, really doesn't necessarily want to make it complicated. It's about your heart. It's about obedience. And uh, somebody's going to come and tell you you're not doing it wrong or you receive revelation that, hey, you know, maybe I can make some adjustments here or there. But I think that this is a progressive revelation and that as we read, as we go through these things, as we get closer to God, as we uh, to build up our, our, um, our, uh, our you know, our, our, our muscle of, of, of action, then uh, it's important that, you know, that we continue to do it. I, I just don't, don't be weary in well-doing, I guess is my point. So... Man, we are coming to a close. Um, just so you guys know, the Omer is normally counted in the evening. And it just so happens that the Omer is 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 from the next uh, tour portion. So listen to next week. We'll talk a little bit more about it. Um, but uh, we count it in the evening. Uh, after the sun goes down, we're actually going to count it in the day. And maybe we can do both. But uh, today is the 12th day, uh, which is, uh, what is that? one week and five days of the counting of the Omer. That sounds great. It is. And so tonight will be the 13th night, right? Or the 13th That's correct. day. So after Sunday. And you can actually find this Leviticus chapter 23, verses 15 and 16, the counting of the Omer. And of course, the days I'm giving you are, if you're listening to us on Thursday, uh, which is May 2nd, uh, which is why That's we're recording true. this. So That's true. You, you may be listening to this and you can just adjust the date to whatever you want. So uh, let's go ahead and say the blessing together. Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kitshenu B'Mitzvotav V'Tzivanu Al Sifarat HaOmer Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, whose commandments add holiness to our lives and who gives us the command of counting the Omer. Just remember, two things happened during the counting of the Omer. And Jerusalem was retaken and unified as a city in 1964. Israel becomes a nation. And in the Six-Day War in June of 1967, Jerusalem is reunited as a city. And once again, let me just tell this to all of you. This is a time to be creative. This time from Passover to Shavuot is a time for creativity. Maybe you need to start coloring again in a coloring book or something. Maybe you need to to do something a little different or plant some plants or do something, you know. You know, the bees are dying. We need to get some plants out there, some pollen out there. We need to get some flowers out there. Let's do something. Do something creative as as spring is a time to bloom and, and you bloom where you're planted. So just keep that in mind. We want to encourage you. Don't let the enemy steal your creativity. Yeah, no, absolutely. 
All right, guys, thanks for listening. Man, what a... I'll tell you what, I thought two chapters. Oh, this will be quick. We'll be 30 minutes, man. No. Yeah, an hour later, right? Make it relevant. <laughs> so, uh, praise God. You know, thank you guys uh, for listening. We want to uh, just bless you guys with whatever we can. If you guys want to email me, you can reach out to me at ryan at topraise.net, ryan at topraise.net. You can call the office if you need anything, 813-654-2222. Um, and uh, you want to live stream our services, you can live stream them online at topraise.net or on any of our social media platforms every Saturday at 11. Bless you guys. Have a great week.